0: Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host, Rich Polly, and joining me is top four, but no more, Liam Baker. <laughs> Hello. Um, three, me. two, missed cut by one last year, missed cut by more this year, Ben Ebert. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, had, I did not deserve to edit anywhere hair cut this year. <laughs> uh, it could in be the, the background. Be better than I should have done, if I'm honest. <laughs> Uh, we've we've
0: got we've got producer Tim in the background, but he's feeling like crap because Pocknell has smitten half of the x- wing populace of the u k with plague at the sith taker open and he's we'll um, such oh, a
1: gentle kisser <laughs> ben,
0: <laughs> ben ten days on has only just recovered from whatever it was that he got struck down by so um, and I keep seeing people on discord going, oh I feel really bad and i don't i, I don't know who was ill and I was like. Did 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 you spend any time near Pocknell? And it's like, yep. It was like, patient zero. He is Typhoid Mary. <laughs>
1: there we go. In that's fairness,
2: cool. I don't think mine is Ollie related. Mine is more work related and just being knackered. So, um, yeah. Boo, boo.
3: Isn't isn't Typhoid Mary, Typhoid Mary a Marvel character?
0: Actually, yes. she, she is yes, but also a historic character who
3: pyroclisis. Yeah. She's in my uh, Hazmat deck on Marvel
0: Snap. There you go. It's in Liam's Hazmat deck on Marvel Snap. I just started playing Hazmat recently, but we're not talking about Marvel Snap. So. I need a new
1: list, so give me all your lists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new season starts to this week. I, uh, um, I need something new. I'm so bored of what I've been playing. Um,
0: right. Um, we are going to talk about X-Wing this week. We've had a couple of things that have come out. Um,
1: X-Wing Snap? x <laughs>
0: X-wing <laughs> um, we've had a couple of things that I've come out to do with X-Wing, basically in the run into Worlds. So next week we're going to do like a Worlds prep thing. We're going to talk about list event prep and what to expect. What is going to... Oh, pardon me. What is going to happen? Um, we can also
1: talk about how me and you are sad that we're not going.
0: Yeah, but, but, but I am going to an event that weekend. It's not Worlds, but it is in a science museum in Rotherham. So...
1: Um, i know i can't even go to that i'm really jealous it sounds (laughs) cool it's
0: sold out as well which is mad (laughs) they've gone they're at a wargaming convention we'll talk about it so dan Athey and uh, Kester smith and the steel city x Wing guys from over sheffield way um, yeah. Have been approached to run an X-wing event, or have <sighs> offered to run an X-wing event at a wargaming convention that's being held in—I can't remember what it's called. It's—it's a, it's a science museum over near Rotherham. It's called Eureka or something like
1: that. Eureka's kind of amazing, thing. mate. It's for kids. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it.
2: Like, it got like um, sure.
1: um, um, there's like a massive head there with like teeth that the kids can go in and hang off. And oh, it's not Eureka.
0: It's um, not Eureka, it's Magna, the Magna job. Science Adventure Centre. So it is for kids, right? I'll what take the kids
1: them? to Eureka.
0: <laughs> I will do. I will do. Is that the one that's between here and Leeds somewhere and you go past it on the train?
1: I went on Google and I went, where is it? And then it took me there.
0: Cool. Uh, that's as much I will as I have I have I've, I've, I've got a week where I have to um, look look after the kids this summer um so i'll probably take oh yeah that is that's the one you go past on the train eureka it's in um halifax um so I, I have a week that i have to look after them in the summer um while so we don't have to pay for wraparound care clubs and stuff so i might just take them to a science museum at some point that'll be fun so anyway i'm going to the magna science museum in sheffield to play x-wing um in a science museum as part of a, a wargaming convention so um dan has been and me to go I asked Mrs Polly if she'd be all right with it she asked me some questions along the lines of it's not two days is it and will you be home for seven Um, and I said no you Um, lied and said yes I said (laughs) I said no it's not two days and I probably will be home for seven um so uh yeah I'm getting to go and it's a tenner and and uh, it's far farther away than I thought it's it's nearly two hours drive so um, yeah (laughs) because I've uh, you've got to go kind of either up and along the 62 and back down again or over one of the passes through the peak district so
1: well, that's um, why it's longer for you i can go straight on the i can go on winits pass <laughs>
0: oh, this something for our international uh in, international listeners winits pass is basically a roller coaster that you drive your car around. Um, mm. you might die this like 50-50 um <laughs> They made it a bit safer because they put barriers up recently. But, um, yeah, it's the kind of place that, you know, you, you don't drive if you're not a confident driver. And also, Winnet it hilariously is a little bit of poo that clings
1: to a sheep's bum. So
0: <laughs> I went I mean, yeah. to a
1: regional in Sheffield once and went over that way and it was OK. And on the way back, it decided to snow.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> that was no, awful. No.
1: Well, like, I used that... to work in, like, Buxton, so snow was bad. Yeah,
0: It's oh. that or Snake's Pass is basically the choices. Um, and Snake's Pass is
3: quite a few winnits after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one or two. One or two. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to go to that one and I'm looking forward to it. I'm currently in the middle of list indecision um, because I'm torn between uh, I guess I'll go full try hard and take something that's really good and then be sad when I don't do well with it. Or I'll take something that I know I'll have fun with playing four or five rounds of, of X Wing um, over the course of a day. So, um but it is quite a late start not starting round one until like on 10 o'clock so um it's not like i think it's quarter past 10 or something for round one so it's it's gonna actually be a a later start and a and a later finish but um anyway not that that's not what we're talking about because we'll talk about that another day we're going to talk about world's prepper for adepticon next week as well um but this week uh i think last weekend actually um a rules document which um is not officially sanctioned rulings or endorsed by amg in any way but will be used at worlds for amg so these aren't the official versions but basically chris allen who's the to for worlds has made some decisions on some things um so if you're going to worlds be aware of these if you're not going to worlds usually large-ish events take a line from these things um i'm not sure i would on all of the decisions that he's made but um i've just run my event so i don't care for another 12 months um so <laughs> that simple um so there's a lot of stuff about being sporting um they're basically giving themselves the um the, the freebie to uh to to kind of evict people or tell people off if they start behaving like as an american would say a douche um they have asked that people bring some way to score publicly and clearly so that people can walk past and see the score on the table um so if you're you're gonna plan on using your phone, you probably need to bring some bits of paper um or you know little score pads like we've got they're pretty cool um like I mean, I'm just gonna go through them like the next one is cards and models and tokens for controlling upgrades like s foils and pivot wings and swivel wings. And they've basically said at the start of the event, agree with your opponent which is going to be the the thing that declares it. So if you've got a token, they said you can't use the model to indicate whether it's up or down. So if you've got a gauntlet you have to bring a token or use the card. You can't just go look the wings are up. Um so uh that is a bit annoying I guess but I suppose you can say you can't use the model because if somebody tries to use the X wing and it's just Creep shut or something then it's it's not as obvious as it is on a gauntlet or a u-wing but probably get away with it um and again you're supposed to be sporting um and apparently you're supposed to write it on a bit of paper a written note face up indicating which item shall be controlled so you know bring a card sleeve with i'm using my token written on it in sharpie um <laughs> put it in with your stuff um really? i dad that yeah, this confuses me. Like the, the the what it actually says is, if an agreement is reached, it is recommended um, that the player uh, place a written note face up with their pilot and upgrade cards indicating which item she'll control. Um, so they're basically terrified that somebody's going to say, "No, I didn't say it was the card. I always said it was the token."
2: I mean, like, as, so as a judge from Forty K and X Wing, um, I actually do think that is. Uh, a good way of doing it and I, that's, that's something i have handled before when players want to agree how they are playing certain things that they actually write it on the score sheet and i used to do that in 40k so um yeah i i, I, I could see that being useful because that's so sometimes that is the hardest thing as a judge when you get called over to the table is making a decision in the moment based on something that one player's gonna say one version, the other player's gonna say another version. And you're like, yeah. guys, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, they say after that, you know, players are expected to play in a sportsmanlike manner. So, you know, they're they're they the the thing about X Wing and the community in the tournament scene has always been that people with the win at all costs mentality who would cheat in this way. Who would say, oh, only things that land in the dice tray are valid? We'll come on to that in a minute. Um, And then they roll a crit outside the dice tray and they go, hit crit. And you go, you said you were going to reroll stuff that's outside the dice tray. But if they roll a blank on a Vade dice outside the dice tray, they immediately pick it up and say, well, I've got to reroll it. Um, So it's, um, yeah, Pete, you you don't get many people that are like that, but when you do get them, they're a bit of a shock. Um, So um, I guess, you know, Chris is future proofing himself. against kind of that sort of behavior which is fair enough um for obstacles bring three obstacles you've got to use the same ones um so you're not allowed to bring epic and huge ship expansions like you used to be able to back in version one and you're not allowed to use loose cargo spare parts and electric chaff clouds as your obstacles you can only use them as an upgrade so there you go um they've answered the question about what components can i use to set up my ships um so You can use all game components other than the scenario feature markers and obstacles must remain at range one of the player's edge of the play area. You can use your range rulers and maneuver templates within range one of your play area. So it's basically what the rules have always been. They've just written it down because it was taken out of the rules. Um, They've clarified Iden Versio's ability to basically say, if you really want to not suffer, if you really want to suffer some of the damage from a prox mine, and wait and see if the crit is a direct hit before you eat it you can or you can just use the charge on all of the damage <laughs> if you want <laughs> you can prevent three damage or you can prevent two and maybe a third if it's a direct hit it's a bit weird it's that kind of edge case of do i want to save Iden's charge for the shots that are going to come into hellrunner or whatever but, um A bit weird. Um, They've confirmed that Holder works with Ferrosphere Paint. Um, They've not said it as much, but they've said, does transferring a lock token behave the same as transferring a lock? And they basically said, yes, you acquire a new lock on the ship that takes the lock. So um, that would trigger all of the effects that happen when something acquires a lock, which includes Ferrosphere Paint. So they've they've answered that question because it's been outstanding for ages and they keep getting people like... um,
1: it's okay
0: resist. to say mithered. mithered. They've been mithered about it often enough that they've finally just given it. He an knows
1: answer. he does it. He's
0: okay about it. Well, it's fine. Uh, Nobby, In so we're talking about Tom, in, uh, who, who's been trying to get an answer to this for a while. And... But Nobby in Australia actually uses the combo. Um, so he's been playing events, and like quite big events in Australia using the combo. And basically he hasn't known until he's turned up on the day, whether the TO is going to rule, it, it works or it doesn't. Um, so he's now got a point, and he's going to world, so he's now you know, going to be able to use his combo, make people with Alpha Strike sad when, they're, um, <laughs> when their dog locks all disappear somewhere else, um, at the point that they're trying to <laughs> to kill Ray. And they don't just disappear somewhere else. Um, they, they also get loaded down with stress. Um, so, there's a, so this is the one that's probably going to be in contention. So how does the point of destruction and excess damage done to Separatist Dirge get handled? So Separatist Dirge is the one that, when it is destroyed, you flip all the cards face up and you discard any, I'm going to say, pilot crits pilot direct. or direct hits, right? So most of the time, this means that y- you don't die. And there was a bit of a question about it a while ago, but everybody kind of agreed that when Dirge takes damage, you deal all of the cards and then you resolve Dirge's ability. Um, and I think the world was happy with that outcome. Um, but now, wait, if it happens in the attack phase, so as a result of an attack, then that's how you play it. It happens in step six, aftermath. Basically, you deal all of the cards, and then you resolve Dirge's trigger, and that's fine. But outside of an attack, Dirge triggers when the damage dealt equals Dirge's hull. So if Durge's got one health left, and you go over a Proxmine, and you take three from the Proxmine, you take the one damage, then you resolve Dirge's ability, then you take the two damage. So you could just die to the Proxmine rather than taking the three and then resolving Durge's ability. Um, so it's a bit weird to me. Mm that they've ruled it differently rather than just going, do you know what, for simplicity, deal all the damage and then resolve it. Um, I can see why they've the done it. That sense to do it that way. No, no, this is why they've done it. Somebody's asked, but what about if? And they've answered it in it's this way for Yeah,
2: it's because damage is done, is done like one at a time. Yes. So, yes, I, I think I, I, yeah, I can understand because the actual engagement will have, there's, there's, a, there's a clear step-by-step, whereas outside of engagement, there isn't actually like a timing window. Yeah, stuff
0: just happens, right? Mm. Um, So, you know, you take the damage on Separatist Earth, so they've created a timing chart, and rather than just saying, do you know what, it's the same as if you were taking damage normally, um,
1: they've Not said it's thinking. different.
0: Yeah, they've said it's different because, there's nothing in the rules to say that you treat it the same as if it was in an attack. I, I, I mean, I don't know what the rationale is behind it, but but this is what they've ruled, and I think it's a bit a bit mad. Um, but it, it's very edge case, like incredibly edge case. You have to die outside of the engagement phase, um, and, and die to just enough damage, and then take some more damage, and don't heal it. Uh, don't, um. Discard enough cards when you do resolve your ability that you stay alive once you take the additional damage. So it's one of these things that somebody There's somewhere probably is prob-
1: something, though, That's made him think that, won't it? Because give him his due. He is like a proper rules. He looks no. into the rules yeah. like, yeah, he's a proper rules. Nerd. <laughs> no.
2: yeah. yeah, but that, but that's the thing is that, you know, like the Iden question comes up repeatedly. And like I've run Iden before, so I I, I know what you know what the correct answer would be for that, where you like you resolve the damage as you take it. So yes, you can wait and see if you draw a direct hit before you decide to use the Iden Charge. Um the Dirge ruling's interesting, but probably correct. Um Yeah. But, you know, I think it's good to get these answers though, because some of these will come up. Like Dirge will be in an awful lot of CIS lists.
0: Yeah, I, it, it will, but I mean For this to resolve in the way that I I think somebody has been making a big deal about this in his ear, and so he's felt the need to make a call, and somebody's been and this feels to me like he's making a um, like a a, what's the word, compromise. I think this this feels to me like a compromise position to somebody who's trying to explain that actually, dirge should this this should be happening all the time, and he said no 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 because aftermaths. And they've not accepted it so he said all right fine if it happens not not in uh, aftermath then we can do it that way so anyway that's the ruling um there's something about scorch and seventh sister and seventh sister using her ability to tractor um scorch after he's taken his stress token um so that he no longer has arc on the thing that he was previously shooting at um the answer is that he can gain a stress to rotate and have the defender an arc again and he can continue to make the attack because he has arc on the defender um, you can extrapolate from the answer that if 7th sister moves Scorch in such a way that Scorch no longer has arc on the defender because of range then Scorch is no longer able to make that attack um,
2: so, so this is no
0: longer has range to make the shot.
2: So this is an interesting one, this is, uh, Ollie Williams brought this up at the Sift Taker Open and i I was looking through the rules reference because the opportunity to use scorch's ability happens after you determine the valid targets so you don't you don't remeasure so it was a very interesting one because technically rules as written you could declare your target take your stress something to Use the tractor beam, and let's say you've not got range or not got arc now, but you don't know because you can't measure. So, yep. do you still have a valid target? Well, there's no other opportunity to remeasure. We've already determined that I've got arc or I've got range. So, does the shot still happen? So, yeah, that was a really interesting one to, to sort of think about. And, and yeah, um, I mean, so- I, 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 I do like interesting rules, you know, interactions like that.
0: So the, the wording of the answer to this one is if immediately before rolling the dice during step 2 a of an attack, Scorch has arc on the defender, Scorch may perform the attack. So that implies that if something happens that changes where your arc is, you then do recheck your arc to see if you still have arc to make the attack. Um, you would have to choose whether to rotate yourself in order to get something, but then that query The query that follows on from that is can scorch rotate and shoot at somebody else um so he's taken the tractor can he then rotate and shoot at somebody else or does he have to attempt to shoot the ship that he's previously declared he's going to be shooting at um so yeah it's all a bit it's a bit messy that one and i don't think it's clear and i don't think they've answered all of the potential versions of this um it It could be relevant this because a lot of people flying first order will have Scorch. In fact, I think everybody flying first order will have Scorch. Um, And Seventh Sister is a fairly common upgrade um, to go onto Reapers at the minute in in Empire. So you will often see a Reaper with Seventh Sister scooting about the place. So, um, yeah. Okay. Next one's a big one. Will intentional draws be allowed? The answer is yes. So,
1: massively disagree with
0: that. I mean, I think that everybody is going to have an entrenched view on whether intentional draws are a good thing or a bad thing. Um, if you come from a Magic: The Gathering background, intentional draws are standard behavior; they're par for the course. Um, people just do it because that's what you do. You know, it's like, well, I've already made cut. I don't. I'm locked in for cut. I don't need to play this game, so I'm just going to go and do something else. And you sit down and say, draw, draw. And your opponent says, yep, and that's it. Um, So um, they've said intentional draws will be allowed. And essentially what it means is that if you get to eight wins, you can then intentional draw and guarantee yourself a place in cut. Or if you play eight and then you lose your last two games and end up 8-2, there's a possibility that you might lose your game in cut based on strength of schedule. But with eight wins and two draws, you will get through. to cut on the last day. Um there's been a lot of conversation about it on the internet today. Um kind of to summarize it um if if there are 196 players then at the beginning of round 8 there will be one person on 8 and 0 and seven people on 7 and 1 and 21 people on 6 and 2. So those six and two players are all still in technically with a shot of making cut. The one person who's on eight and O can offer a draw to the person they get paired down into in round eight, the seven and one. So that person then becomes seven, one, one. And then they go into the last round needing either needing a win basically. So they can offer an unintentional draw. Um, in round nine, There'll be potentially one nine and zero and three eight and O's. Oh, sorry, three eight and ones. So two of those eight and ones could intentional draw with each other and go eight one one and guarantee
1: themselves cut. Well, even if it wasn't like in the rules, people would just do it anyway. So this is apparently the logic behind it,
0: which is that this will happen on the top tables. People who've already made the cut, they'll get the calculators out, they'll figure it out. I didn't realise how few games this was actually going to be relevant for. So I thought I I had in my mind, well, this a massive event. There's going to be loads of people on eight and O, but there's not. There's going to be one person I mean, who goes undefeated through the day.
2: So, so you might find it has slightly bigger impact than just whether or not they make the top cut. So yeah, like I mean, I, I've I've mentioned in in sort of the chat earlier that. Because it's eight points to make day two, you might decide that maybe I, I I will or won't make the top cut. So actually I might just intentionally draw it's say, say I win my first two games. Um I've I've then so because it's eight points to make day two uh, and I'd be sat on six points. All I need are two draws out of my next three games, and I make day two. Yeah. Um equally last chance qualifier. Um, I believe it's three and two. Uh, oh no! Sorry, well, sorry, 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 sorry. Last chance qualifier is top sixteen minimum, which is yeah. why I think your hundred ninety six is wrong. So I think it's one hundred eighty players for the uh, day one. But I'm not hundred percent. It, it could be either way. So they've sold one hundred and they, they had one hundred and eighty
0: tickets available for
2: last chance for world,
0: qualifier.
2: No, yeah. for world's day
0: one. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they've said. If you've if you don't if you haven't qualified for a ticket, so they've not sold 180. They've sold like 120 something. What they've said is that they're going to fill up from last chance qualifier a minimum of 16 people. So that to me says you've 180 tickets plus 16 from last chance qualifier. Now if they only sell 150 tickets, that means that 46 people from the last chance qualifier are going to get through, which gives you a really good chance. But I think they have said that they have to have a minimum of three and two, um, to get through. So they don't want people coming into
2: um, that's it so last chance qualifier if you win three games you might just decide to intentionally draw your last yeah. two games because uh, yeah that's probably good enough to to make cut.
0: it's a bit risky though because you don't know how many people are going to get through
2: no no um, no ab- absolutely but i think i think you might see it um i think the point that that you know i think i well, n- not sure it's ben or liam but what i've alluded to that it kind of um takes it from under the table so it is it is it is a weird one. Like I mean, I'm I I find intention, intentional draws very alien because certainly from a X-wing point of view, it used to be extremely hard to draw the game. So yeah. when when they brought intentional draws in randomly at one point during what was it end of one point or at some point in one point I think it was uh, at the
1: start. Because so i have never seen intentional draws before. It wasn't near
2: so the, it wasn't a, near there was the a
0: regional, Yeah. There was a regional in Roanoke. It's somewhere in America where a bunch of um, X-Wing famous at the time people found themselves on the top table or whatever it was. And they basically all sat down and they all realised that if they all drew their games, they would all make cut. And the people who were... Chasing to try and get to five and one or whatever it was, who'd, who'd lost an earlier game, real, that weren't able to make cut because these people would get, you know, five wins, one draw, and they'd all get through to cut. So they all just sat on the top table and said, "Well, we'll just draw," and they didn't play. So and was it was caused it? a massive to do, and FFG said, "Right, there's no draws," and that's where Final Salvo came in. And like it or love it, Final Salvo ensured that there was a victor.
2: So so wasn't AMG. It- it wasn't just it wasn't just them so like we had we had that element games so i had that in the final round of either our 60-odd player store champ or or i think it's a store champ where literally the top eight players or whatever the cut was all much the same all realized if i take an intentional draw here so literally they all drawed and i could see the faces of the players who just missed that, mm. that opportunity and yeah you know the, sort of the disappointment on their faces is well there's no point in playing my game now yeah because they even if they win their game they can't make cut because of the yeah. intentional draw
0: so as a result of that FFG banned IDs and basically said you can't have draws AMG took over changed the scoring system and said yeah, yeah you can have draws it's fine so now we're going to have intentional draws again so what the um, what this uh, this document says that hopefully is going to be circulated to everybody who's going to Worlds is that um, IDs will be allowed. They will be addressed at the player meeting immediately before the start of the last chance qualifier and the Worlds uh, Championship. Before discussing or even mentioning an intentional draw, you must call a judge. Only after a judge is present can you discuss or offer an intentional draw to your opponent. A player shall not discuss the benefits of an intentional draw with their depo- opponent and shall not offer any benefit for agreeing to it. As a reminder, players are required to conduct themselves in a sportsman manner. So you have to call a judge. You have to say to your opponent, one second, I just want to call a judge, at which point your opponent goes, right, you're going to offer me an intentional draw, fine. You wait until the judge comes over, and then you say, I would like to offer you an intentional draw. But you're not allowed to say because and explain maths of why you're both going to qualify for cut, if you do, or whatever. Um, and you either say, yes, please, or no, thank you. And I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, saying they think... The reason that you have to call a judge is to prevent, um, well, people being overbearing, people yeah. bullying, people threatening, people saying, "Well, you're an idiot if you don't take an intentional draw." You just say, "Do you want to take a draw?" If your opponent says no, say, "Cool, we'll play."
2: So, um, so on the flip side, uh, I'm at Worlds and my opponent says, "Hey, do you want a draw? Because we'll make cut and we'll get you know the cool swag and all this sort of stuff." I then go, "Okay, judge." judge comes over i go right my opponent's trying to manipulate me into taking an intentional draw what's the judge nice do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah i, I yeah. know yeah but um yeah this is it like I, I wow look, it, it is it unfortunately it is where we're at we we can draw these games and yeah. so it probably takes a lot of the cloak and dagger out of oh look you've just scored a 2020 draw what are the ch- <laughs> what what are the chances yeah. Or like so, there's,
0: uh, there's also the you know it it doesn't say in cut that there's not IDs so do the eight people in cut all say that they're going to draw everything so that there's eight world champions <laughs>
2: I'll
0: just sit down and say, <laughs> yeah, let's all just intentionally draw every game
2: if the, the, they don't
1: do that they're cowards
2: the, the longest <laughs> the longest ever world champs where it's just a continuous top 16 or top 8 <laughs> just keep just keep so, repairing what are you going to say Liam <laughs> what are you going to say Liam
3: so my issue with that rules document is it contradicts itself. Mm-hmm. It says act in a sportsmanlike manner, but then offers intentional draws, yep. which is very unsportsmanlike because of what it does to other competitors. Yep. You win or you lose, or you accidentally draw. Yeah. Like, so the thing, you that my be first. The game. Yeah, How many th- my first. Time.
1: Have you been at with already people doing intentional draws?
0: So. I don't think we got any at the STO. I don't think anybody intentionally drew. I think a lot of people went, huh? So the people who got draws finished at the top of the brackets, huh? And like their brains just went, right, okay. Um, But I don't think anybody did it intentionally, but there wasn't any benefit and it hadn't been previously discussed.
1: Um, I've been in an event where people have done it already. So in like a world's thing, they might as well, because people will do it anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, it's not the nicest thing in the world, but... As long as we have a draw system and not some way of deciding who's going to be the eventual winner, yeah, pe- pe- people will do it no matter what. It, it
0: doesn't matter. I mean, the thing that jumped out at me about it is that AMG has been very kind of about people playing the game for fun because it's a fun game and let's play the game and have fun. And the structure of this world, which I know AMG haven't designed, it's been designed by a member of the community. But the structure of the event and the inclusion of um intentional draws and actually the fact that you can have draws at all is counter to AMG's kind of ethos for ethos. the game, which seems to be play the game, have fun. Yes, we're having a tournament, but it's a tournament where you turn up and play games and have fun and at the end of it somebody's a winner. But the idea is that you turn up to have fun and it's almost taking it back to being a tournament that's about winning the tournament and not a tournament that's about turning up and playing somewhere between 10 and 18 games of X-Wing and having fun with people from all around the world. Um, it, it kind of changes the, I think it's going to change the atmosphere to the event. Um, I did think that having watched some of the Twitch chats on, um, Various streams that have happened over the last few years that there are some quite big X-Wing personalities who are going to sit down opposite each other and either definitely draw so that they don't have to spend an hour and a quarter playing a game with each other or refuse to draw because they want to smash that person and teach them a lesson. Um, No, I I am not taking a (laughs) draw.
1: Personally, I I don't like draws at all. I never have done. I think it's a really unsatisfying end to a game. but it. As long as we have draws, people are going to do it. And... So, like,
0: if I, if I went to Worlds and I was doing well, let's say I was on 7-1 and one and I couldn't believe it, and my brain was buzzing, and I got plonked down opposite one of the big names from US or World X-Wing, and we we're both 7-1, and one, and they said to me, I'd like to offer you an intentional draw, part of me would think, well, that's the best result I'm going to guarantee myself against you but I'm playing well, but if I take a draw against you, then I'm, I haven't got a loss, so fine. Um, another bit of my brain would be going, the reason I've come to Worlds is to play against players like you at this table, I, to, to go seven and one and to get paired into a system open champion or a Worlds champion or a you know Nationals champion or, or whatever. Getting paired into one of those people that you see on stream time and time and time again at the huge international events, and being like, "Yeah, now I've got a chance. I've earned a chance and the right to play at the table with you." Um, that's what I want to do. If I go to Worlds, I don't want to go to Worlds and go, "Do you know what? Nah, don't want to play Nathan ID, whatever, loser."
3: So imagine if the person who wins the overall thing gets like eight wins, they one and two, two draws then goes top eight. They haven't played two games. I think it's a really hollow way to win a tournament. I
0: mean, I mean they could you play wanna the last two. want to win it, but... Yeah, they could play the last two and they could lose them and they'd still qualify because they've won their yeah. first eight. So the strength of schedule is so strong that they'll be one of the eights that qualifies. Um, so, you know, you could force them to sit down and play a game. As a judge, you could stand on the top, on the top five tables and say no IDs, you will have to play. Get your kit out and start playing and stand there and watch them. But you can't stop them. At some point, you get called away of them going, right. And then you come back and all the ships are done. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's finished. Um, what happened? Oh, 20 each and all the ships are dead. So yeah, it's game over. It's a draw. You have and to force like...
3: them into that position, position though where they have to try and do some gamesmanship. I mean if yeah. someone just pop like looks across and go actually that's not what happened because people thing, will be watching. Then... The thing
0: is you can't you can't stop it from I think this is the thing is that you can't stop it from happening because they could just be writing down whatever score they wanted on a score sheet and unless you're actively tracking the game state of each of those games you can't force people to play a legitimate game of x-wing and i agree i don't like it i don't think it's as big a problem as i thought it was going to be i don't think there's going to be a lot of people offering intentional draws i think it might be a bit tactical in the seven and ones going into round nine that some of them might say do you know what i'd rather take a draw now and try for a win in the last round than because i don't like the look of my opponent or their list or whatever um i think you might see that tactically people trying to do it but I don't think you're going to get people. I reckon the person that goes 8-0 on, across the first two days who wins eight games on the trot, I reckon they'll just intentionally draw the last two because they've already made a cut. Why oh, not just have a rest? Uh, yeah,
2: but like you say, they will offer their opponent, but their opponent can say no. Yeah. Because they might get pared down at that point, and their opponent might think, well, actually, I probably need to win this game.
0: Yeah, and they absolutely would be getting pared down because... Round seven is where the two uh, round seven is where the two seven and O's play each other. But and then from round eight onwards, there's at most one person with that pairing. I
2: I think because the scoring system allows draws, you have to have a intentional draw mechanic. I don't like it, but that's just the the, the way the game is. And also from a judging point of view, um, like the amount of extra admin it would create to police. If you didn't have the intentional draw mechanic, I, I just I, unfortunately I think it's a no-win situation based on the the scoring system of two point five.
0: Yeah, I think the the simple one is that you say you don't have draws and that you rode off at the end, um, yeah. or you bring in half points across all scenarios, and then draws are a lot less likely to happen. But um, I think I think
3: just... it's a, it's a necessary evil, but I don't think it should be a thing anyway. The fact that two people can go well if we both draw, we're safe put someone else out of the game who's trying their hardest to get back into the run-ins to make cut. I yeah. don't think it's fair.
0: I mean, the long and the short of it is, don't lose your first two games, right?
1: Hmm.
0: And because and, if you lose your first two games and win eight on the bounce, you're not going to get into cut. You've got, to, you've got to win your first at least three or four games. Uh,
2: unless one of your two losses, or both your losses happen to be, like, they went, like, unbeaten.
0: Yeah. yeah. If your two losses are unbeaten until round seven then that probably helps your strength the schedule enough. But, yeah, basically, don't lose your first game. Probably don't lose your second game. You can lose your third game if you've won your first two. That's okay on day one. Um, But, yeah, because the structure is five games on day one, five games on day two, and your record carries over. So you get dropped if you can't make cut. So you get dropped if you don't have eight points. So three wins and two draws gets you into day two. I
2: Um, mean, that's exactly it. If I'm on two wins, a draw going into the final game on day one, then maybe I do take the easy option because I know the eighth point m- makes day two. Yeah. And and probably at that point, what would I be on? I'd be, I'd be on two wins, a draw and a loss. Am I actually going to make cut at that point?
0: Yeah. I mean the the other thing is that you say shall we intentionally draw? They say yes. And you say right? Shall we play a fun game where we do a gutter joust for a laugh, <laughs> um, or or do you just want to go and get beer, and you know?
2: I, I I would be getting a beer at that point because I um, mean yeah. b- between well not between us but uh, my 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 target would be to make day two like top yeah. top cut is the absolute would be the absolute dream but I am under no, no illusion that there there aren't at least eight better players than me that will that will make cuts so if i can make day two i would be more than happy so that i mean that's it like now now that it's there but then equally i can offer my opponent a draw and they can say no and then we have to play and then i feel vindicated when i beat them you know it's one of those things
1: yeah
0: (laughs) all right i think we've chatted about this enough um so we're going to move on to the next thing um you're not allowed to remove shield charges and forces and things when they're spent, you have to flip them. Um fine, whatever. Um dice rolling expectations. If you use a dice tray, then and you roll your dice in the dice tray. If it lands outside the dice tray, you have to re-roll it back in the tray. Um, but you don't have to use a dice tray. Um and even if you have a dice tray, if you don't throw them into it in the first place, it doesn't matter. It's basically yeah, c- counters people going, oh that one went out as as it's talked about earlier. Uh, cocked dice if it's cocked um, seek agreement from your opponent that it is cocked, and uh, there's some clarification about what counts as cocked. No, but basically, I, I, if you've dis- if you've if you've disagreed, call a judge, and they'll tell you whether or not it's cocked. I,
2: yeah, I, 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 I do actually like their wording, which is basically yeah. that the the dice is in contact with one surface, and that's yeah. gen- that's generally a conversation I have with my opponents at the start of the game, where if I I say to them, if the dice isn't flat, it's cocked. So if it's if it's just like on on an obstacle or whatever, it, balanced on a base. Well, this is it because yeah. I mean I used to see it in 40k. People would be like balancing dice on top of dice, and if if the dice doesn't roll off, it's not cocked. Is that now? If if the dice isn't flat on the gaming mat, then it's a cocked dice and just re-roll it. And w- once yeah. you both have that discussion at the start of the game, then it's fine. And, and all Chris has done there is is just said event wide that's the ruling. And I think that's yeah. a, lot, a lot easier.
0: And this is copied from a version one tournament document um, that, that they had um, where people had the same conversation about what counted as cocked or whatever. Um, they've clarified about rolling too many and too few dice. Um, that hasn't changed. So basically, if you roll too many, you re-roll everything. You don't get to go, oh, but they've rolled hits, so I'll just keep the two hits instead of the three. Um, and if you roll too few, you roll an additional one. And if you roll too few, and then you roll an additional too many, then uh you probably re-roll the ones that you rolled additionally, not the original ones as well. But you, um, you, I can...
2: you give up X-wing because you've obviously, you know, you're,
0: t- you're obviously cheating too much. Yeah,
2: you're too tired. Go home. Um, yes, yeah,
1: Steve. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So if, if, if you're going to re-roll any number of dice, you have to choose all the ones that you will re-roll before you re-roll any of them. So you can't say, I'm going to re-roll that one with that and then that one with that and do them one at a time. You've got to say, I'm going to re-roll both using that and that and then re-roll them both at the same time.
2: Oh, that's so interesting. So they don't want
0: people chaining re-rolls. Um, so you can re-roll something else. So you could, on a different opportunity, on a different dice, say, I'm going to re-roll that one with a dedicated and that one with a different effect and elusive but you could say i'm going to do my elusive reroll first and see if i need it to use dedicated i suspect um that's fine i think it's trying to stop people from going i'm going to reroll that one and then i'm going to also reroll this one with the target lock once they see that they get a hit with the first one or whatever
2: oh right right so if you spend your lock you have to reroll any or all dice you you say i'm going to reroll two of these dice and you re-roll yeah. both of them at the same time. What you, what yeah. you uh, sorry, I, yeah, because I, because that's the way I do it. I have like multiple copies of dedicated. So if I have multiple blanks, I will go. I will use this dedicated to re-roll this blank. And if that yeah. rolls a blank that, or, or an eyeball or whatever I don't want, I'll then go right. I will try with this dedicated, and I will then tr- re write So that's fine. But what you're saying is, if you can re-roll more than one dice at that opportunity, you have to re-roll all those dice at that time. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah, you have having yeah. worried that. there. I was like, oh, no, I got no, second. No. <laughs> it's a second.
0: It's a, it's a different opportunity. So it's when instructed to re-roll a number of dice. So you go, I'm gonna use dedicated, dedicated says re-roll a blank. So you re-roll a blank no, no, and then you go, oh funny. yay, and evade. And then you go. Now I'm going to use elusive on this focus over here as well, and that gives you another opportunity to reroll one dice. So you have to reroll that one dice. Now. Yeah. So um, yeah. So
2: it basically, if you were like, if you had like, I don't know, hit hit eyeball blank, and you spend your lock, you can't reroll the blank, keep the eyeball, and then then decide to reroll the eyeball. You have to reroll both yeah. both both one or none, basically. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. You had to be worried for a second.
0: (laughs) That's fine. Um, And then there's some specific rules for aces high, and that's it. So um, basically whatever. Um, So, uh, yes, we've got um, those uh, world's rules. So intentional draws. Um, The only thing that I would say that I do like is that he's – about the the draws thing is that he's being very clear that – there's an expectation that they don't want bullying to happen because at the last Worlds, whenever it was in 2019, um, there was quite a lot of, I don't want to say childish bullying, but there was quite a lot of people who should know better um, basically saying to a guy who was playing a list in a way that they didn't like. So there's a guy playing Quad Star Vipers basically and Fortressing in the corner. He got to top four. Ollie beat him. Um, in top four Um, but there was a a gang of people basically going around warning his opponents asking them to complain about his behavior and the way that he was playing and stuff Um, and basically it was very kind of insidious a bit nasty um, because he wasn't breaking any rules the judges said he wasn't breaking any rules and it was just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not legal Um, a lot of big name X-Wing players in America, had some real complaints about him, um, took it to the internet, all that kind of stuff. They ended up having a whole episode about fly better about it and everything like that as well. So um, I just, I'm glad that they're not going to allow people to try and pressurize other people into intentional draws um, and that they're kind of at least in the rules going to try and put a stop to that kind of behavior from going on at the event. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was to the extent that you could tell it was happening if you were watching stream, um, that this guy was just being bullied because he wasn't one of their gang and he wasn't playing the game the way they thought he should be. Um, and he's like, no, I'm trying to win Worlds, mate. <laughs> Whatever. Erd um, oh, is yeah. a really nice guy as well. It's Mitch Rob, isn't it? Yeah, it's Mitch Raab. Yeah, Lo- Lovely, lovely man, basically. Find a way to fly a thing that meant that he was very able- easily able to win games if people didn't know how to play against it. Um, and he got picked apart by somebody who had more patience than him, basically, um, when he played Ollie in top four. I think it was top four he played Ollie. But yeah, it was, yeah, um, it was top four. Yeah, he, um, he, he put a lot of very good players out and he um, put a lot of their noses out of joint as well because they felt like he'd cheated, in inverted commas, which he hadn't. Um, they just didn't like the way he was playing. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm pretty happy, actually, that they're making judges be involved. Um, I'm also pretty happy that they've got a bunch of international judges travelling and people from elsewhere that aren't just the same kind of three or four people that um, always judge stuff in the US. Um, So they've got Chris going over from um, Brighton Brighton. Brighton as well. So they've got the UK's kind of head judge.
2: So the big thing will be with Chris, is he going to bring his Cormac cutout?
0: I I mean, I'd, I'd be... Shocked and appalled if he doesn't, because I think it just lives in his case
2: and then right? if 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 Cormac turns up does does do, do we have a picture with both of them? <laughs> we have <laughs> a t shirt of Cormac
3: like on the t- shirt holding the cardboard cut out of cormac
2: i think I think we had it in Hanover didn't we because we we had the we had the Cormac cut out did not we yeah.
1: we had the Dave Cromwell set of uh, templates as well <laughs> God, yeah that he tried to leave behind, because that's who Dale is. Yeah. I don't know who these belong to. I'll ask
0: Dale, because they belong to somebody called Dave Cromwell. Um, so Dale might know them.
1: Dale, <laughs> Dale, might. Dale, <laughs> Dale left them and went back to the UK. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll, um, what I'll do is, uh, for those who are listening, I'll put the link to the document in the show notes uh, for anybody that's not seen it, and they can have a quick read-through. But I, mean, I think some of it is just common sense, and then some of it is just going to make Chris and the judges' lives easier by just clarifying it now.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing that's not going to make lives easier is the um, the, the dirge thing. Um, but, no, not the dirge thing. What's the one that was a bit weird? Yeah, I didn't that think. Was the,
2: oh, no, the other
0: one. I've closed the tab now. One second.
2: Uh, so, it was all Seventh Sister?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, Seventh Sister. Like, because that hasn't answered the questions it's just gone yeah there's loads of questions it's like what about if i tracked them out of range of taking a shot <laughs> what if, can they shoot somebody else or can they not because they've already declared a target do we just redo everything at that point but from further away
2: what happens? yeah cause, yeah because all it says is basically yeah so it's scorch gains a stress so the answer is if immediately before rolling the dice during a, a, a step two-way of attack, Scorch has Arc on the defender. Scorch may perform the attack. So, based on that, if you don't have Arc on the defender, you can't attack. You can't attack the defender, but can you attack no, no, somebody no. else? It says Scorch may perform the attack, so we can't perform the attack.
0: Yeah, but and, that doesn't. it doesn't, and, you've already it doesn't pro- say that though, and somebody's going to ask that question. No, no, no,
2: that's what that's what it says. Scorch may perform the attack, and you've already progressed past the step of declaring targets
0: is that when it is
2: step 2a you're, ro- you're rolling the okay. dice yeah because um, t- measuring range and stuff is at step one okay so you, you can't go back and, and measure to a new target
0: i think what we need to do is just ban seven sister crew or scorch one of the two
1: well, I mean, uh, well, so I mean si- range, simply put, well, if
2: you costs. are if you are a first order player taking Scorch, just be very aware if your opponent is taking Seventh Sister, and everyone's fine.
0: I mean, so Seventh Sister's trigger is like range two, isn't it? So if something uh, not to
2: one, not to
0: one. Not to one. Okay, so Scorch is very unlikely to be shooting something at range three that he can then be tractor-beamed out of range of. So the question is, Is if I tractor him, can he rotate and still shoot at the thing he was going to shoot at anyway? The answer is yes. He just ends up still stressed and tractored, but he's still able to take his attack with his bonus dice, um, as long as he can manufacture arc by rotating um, after he gets tractored away.
2: So. yeah so since sister if an enemy ship at range naught to one would gain a stress token you may spend one force to have it gain one jam or tractor token instead so based on that scorch never gains the stress you then assign the tractor token to which point then you barrel roll or well then that's it like you 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 could choose not to move scorch or you give him a jam and he doesn't get his extra red dice Which might be so if they
0: would, you can do the replacement effect to spend a force and get them jammed or tractored. Um, so then Scorch doesn't say, I'm just looking at Scorch's wording because this is annoying me now. So, Scorch is, uh, if you are not stressed, you may gain a stress token to roll one. Additional attack die. So you don't ever gain the stress. So you say I'm gonna take a stress to gain an additional attack die, so you don't ever get the stress because it gets replaced by a tractor, by seventh sister. So you do just make a two dice attack. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, mean,
2: I suppose that is it uh, yeah, they haven't really answered that part either as well, because if you take the stress to do the 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 rotate that's not taking the stress for his ability.
0: No, yeah, no, his, his ability isn't if you are stressed to roll an additional attack yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can choose to take a stress and so roll an additional attack dice. But I think the order of operations of that means that you never get the stress because Seventh Sister replaces it. No, no,
2: absolutely. I think, I think that's the way I, I, I would rule it, is that you never take the stress to gain the additional red dice. Yes, you yeah. could rotate and be stressed to shoot, Oh, but, it's so fussy. But, but what I would say now is all the Imperial players, please take uh, Decimate with sister and all the FO players take Scorch, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see what fun that... that
0: Ask all the questions of Chris and Chris and D and all of the other judges that are going to be there. Um, I mean, like,
2: yeah, this, this is it. Obviously, they, they are just trying to make their lives easier, and I think it is a very, very extreme edge case that it will come up, but... I
0: mean, I think the genuine question with that one is, does Scorch roll two? Because I think it makes sense that he only rolls two, not three, um, if that happens. Yeah. But um, yeah, like knowing, especially with it being Worlds, um, knowing what the correct answer is is better, because it means that you don't have people stopping playing for five minutes in the middle of Worlds, putting their hand up and waiting for a judge to make a decision, um, which happens, especially when you only get in five to seven turns losing a turn to um just standing waiting for judges to make a decision isn't good.
2: So, well, I I, um, I know I know our Chris listens to the podcast when he's uh doing bits and bobs, so uh uh yeah Chris you may want to uh, have a little think about that.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Ask in advance. I mean I'm not uh, I'm not it, taking it, it, FO, it,
2: it, Liam's not taking FO, so we're not going to be causing no, problems. No, Dave is,
0: Dave is though. Oh, Dave right. is. So one, one of ours is going to be annoying yeah well he's going to be do, asking the scort side of the questions but um so yeah so anyway. is it was
3: just stress? just stress
0: uh it's I just stress because seven sisters explicitly a stress token yep um so yeah um i think that's what we're going to talk about with worlds we've got some more stuff coming up um o- over next week um as we're you know kind of getting into the run-in for it um we're going to talk a little bit about the expected meta and we're going to as i said earlier talk a little bit about what to expect in chicago um other than you know people with american accents and tall buildings um what what is there to do and, and all that kind of stuff so uh we'll talk about that um, is that, have we got two more podcasts before worlds?
2: No, one more. One, one more. One so more, um,
0: uh, one more before worlds. So um, it is. We're just going to point out that we won't be recording the Monday before worlds. Yeah. So and we won't be recording the Monday after worlds but we might try and get a recording in the week after Worlds so that we can get something, but that's a little bit up in the air. So we're at least going to miss two weeks of podcasts. Um, but we will hope to bring you some content from some people who've done well at Worlds. So basically,
2: um, you, you're not having the podcast for two weeks because I'm away, and nobody else can be bothered to edit the podcast. So Nobody else knows how Me. to.
1: We call it editing these days, Tim.
2: <laughs> uh, but what? So yeah. So we we will we'll do one more one more podcast after this. Then we'll have a probably a week or two. Certainly a two week what two week break, say. Uh, but whilst I'm out in worlds, I will be doing some videos on the Facebook page, um, probably with Liam. He might be awake. We shall see. Um, but yeah, if um, it, yeah. So if if you want to see how see what's going on and bits and bobs from worlds we'll, we'll we'll try and do some videos and and just sort of a bit of a chat and maybe uh grab a few people to come and say hello um if you are in worlds and you want to swap cards with us um i have got some uh sift taker snapshot obi-wan kenobi's the um the etta and the delta 7 uh versions if you want to come and do swaps so i've got some cards for me and liam uh that we can we can do swapsies with um yeah and i think that's
1: Let Liam sort of... eats them as something stupid
2: i mean i've still got I... one left wasn't that what i wrote on your bag or was it what i wrote on Liam's bag don't eat it's it was was what you
0: wrote was... on, my book, uh, okay. on my bag yeah okay. at Liam i'm going to just mention to you again the thing that i said to you on the um the friday before the Sith taker open which is that you can stop drinking you you're allowed to stop drinking you don't have to keep drinking Although you seem to play better while hungover and unable to see, so, you know, I'm not sure whether I should encourage you to stop.
3: I'll flip a coin
0: see which way I'll go. (laughs) Heads, drink, pints, tails, drink, shots. It's not the the point. Anyway, um, have you got a question for us this week, Liam? You do, don't you? But I've forgotten what it is.
3: Yes, and I gave you plenty of time to prepare for it. You did. I do not even remember what
1: it was. What is it? The answer's 7. No. So,
3: uh, it's not. <sighs> so the question is, uh, when you're looking at list building and everything, is there a ship, chassis, pilot uh, that you think is very underrated and therefore completely ignored by people when they're doing their list building? For example... Uh, I've started taking tri-fighters which have seen relatively zero play mm-hmm. uh, are there any light, like, like ships that you also believe to uh, have a valid place but aren't
1: taken in all factions my boy Leighton are littered in the heavy He's really easy to get re rolls with him. I'm surprised we don't see him more. I think it's because his words are complicated, Ben. Yeah, but he's great. I mean.
0: Oh, yeah. Once you play him, you go, oh, this is really easy, but his words are complicated. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think underrated ships in factions. Um, so, like. Yeah.
1: What's the, the sofa one?
0: The, combat coach, uh, resistance yeah.
1: transport. That yeah. one where you get red moves and you roll mode ice. Kova, yeah, yeah. Really He good. was popular in uh, 2.0, but we haven't seen much of him. But he's still got a good ability, especially it, mixed in it,
0: it, it is a woman,
1: is yeah. it? Other
0: than that, yeah, she's one of the combat lesbians in uh, Rise of the Resistance. I think it's one of the two, the two women that kiss at the end and get um, banned from Chinese versions of the movie. Um. So yeah, it's um uh yeah, so C- cover's an interesting one for resistance. Um like some people love the couch, but at five points she's just a little bit too expensive to easily fit into lists, but she's really, really good. Um the other couch is um the new one, Taka Jammerese, whatever, the one that does lots of jamming that doesn't have a cruise slot, so you can't put um
1: Oh yeah, I remember that we was gonna do it. Yeah
0: but um, that, that one I think is pretty good um, I was just thinking about Rebels actually and I think that until last weekend in Sith Taker Open I would have said the U-Wings but um, mm-hmm. Chris Bobby's list with the two U-Wings in it making cut has made me think it's not anymore
1: um, I was going to say do... um, Lee Mackay for scum, the Y-Wing that gets the target locks if, it's, if no yes. one's looking at it it's just a great distraction piece um I'm surprised, again, we don't see more of it. Because it's either you you go and deal with this crappy Y-Wing while everything else comes and gets you, or yeah. it swoops in and throws double-modded to proton torpedoes at you.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are kind of... They're left out... I'm looking at Rebels at the minute. A lot of them are left out because their points cost to just make them not work. Um, but you've got things like Ezra in the TIE Fighter... Um, is a really, really solid piece. They've also got Jan Ors, but he's six points in the Hawk. Um, you've got the ARC-170 so Starfighter as well. Uh, yeah. Um, you've got the ARC-170 Starfighter in Rebels with the four pilots in that. But And they can all hit like absolute trucks because they've got the loadout and the slots to put, you know, force crew and all sorts of stuff in there. The problem is they're five and six points. And they die really quickly when things point at them and you can't really get them out of trouble easily. So, um, I mean, Rebels is a bit of a weird one, I think. Um, underrated chassis in Rebels, I would go for probably the U-Wing. Um, but I do not, think we are going to start seeing people not using standard, that more.
1: though, is it? That's the thing. Yeah. That's, that's why you don't see that. What no, you, U-Wing is, is they... standard. I'm sorry, I
0: thought it's said E-Wing. My mistake, no, sorry, E-wing, man. E-Wing, E-Wing, wing no, oh, If you want shape, to use an I
1: everything E-Wing. I,
0: said then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, Imperials. What, what do we talk about in Imperials? Oh, who know, who, who knows that? Actually? Um,
2: no, I, I'd go with Ben's Heavy. Like, I mean, Ubel was kind of around a little bit, but hasn't really broken through. But I think Leighton and, and Uble are both quite good in the, you know, the Thai Brute, the Thai Heavy.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I think we could be seeing more TIE Advanced, to be honest.
2: Well, you say that, but we see an awful lot of TIE Advanced. No, I'm on about uh, the V1, not the X1. We didn't say that. Inquisitors. Yeah, the
0: Inquisitors. Uh... I mean, again, they're, they're expensive. So the named ones are five. Um, a grand yeah. is six. Uh, they're just too expensive for for what they bring to the table at the minute. They take up two. Yeah, much. I guess there's, there's better options, isn't there, for five points? Um I mean, like across five six faction five factions, the gauntlet is a super good um chassis. Um all of the factions have got a good option with the gauntlet. So I'm just gonna put that one out there. I, I think Ben right with Lee Mackay, by the way, on um the Scom- scum but honourable mention for uh the escape craft. Um things like the outer rim pioneer that can um allow people to land on obstacles and still do attacks um things like lando with his um his three points with his i4 coordinate um plus he's got a whole bunch of rerolls and stuff um natively so as long as he's not stressed himself um and i think he could still take tactical officer can't do to turn his Coordinates, white. Yeah, I can. So he yeah. can take tactical officer to turn his coordinates white, so that he's never stressed. So that he can always at least have rerolls for whatever he's doing. I, I like Lando in the in the escape craft, but there's probably better options
1: than him at the minute in Scum. For three. Yeah, to be fair, oh. I
3: paid absolutely zero attention to the escape crafts, if I'm honest. It, it used to be
0: everywhere. To, it it used to be a crush. Yeah, there's a three point coordinate. It used to be everywhere. Like literally everywhere. And it's just disappeared.
1: I guess the just being a I don't know, I was gonna say not being the, the little coordinate's not as good anymore, but it's still good, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean you can still do um like scum swarms. You can still slam you know a bunch of z ninety fives a bunch of um m three a's you know I think it's just a modified
1: ties in other ship other factions do that list better, yeah yeah
0: um sis currently does scum better, I think that's the problem sis has got <laughs>
1: um
0: so i mean in uh, in resistance, honorable mention back out to the y wings that have disappeared um but the two ships um, that are still, I think, good are Lega, Fossang, and Tezinas. Um Tez is the one that gives rerolls to people, and Lega um, gets, has a whole bunch of stuff but can do chaff um, natively. So that already has the slots and the points to be able to do chaff. So um, those are kind of, at four points, reasonable. Problem is, if you've got four points in resistance, you're going to put Kaz or Lulo in or um say versio in a T seventy, not a Y Wing. Um unless you're building into an archetype. So they got well and truly killed when they got put up from three to four. And rightfully so. Right. First order. Somebody talk about first order because I don't understand it.
2: X I shell. Yeah. So Which it's, one? it's, it's kind of drifted away a bit like, uh, Malarus, uh, well, I suppose Gideon's probably your most common one you're going to see these days. Cause he's, um, you know, still quite useful, decent loadout. Um, but you know, obviously I, I mean, I did that, what GSP top cut at the finals with Malarus and Gideon and was it two SFs, two FOs or yeah. something like that. So, um, and then, uh, who was the new guy that was going to be breaking everything that it hasn't really? Oh, Tierney. Uh, yeah, Asian yeah, Tierney. And um, you just re- haven't really seen Broken Trust. Well, I've yeah. never, never played against it.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. for First Order, you're more looking at um, Ember in the BA Interceptor. Agreed. Ember's great. Uh, I think he, the first time I saw it played well was when Liam. Played.
2: Yeah, and, like these and ex- then I
1: tried it myself. It's great.
2: Well these XI shuttles are like pretty, all of them apart from Tierney, only four points each. So they're quite affordable. Malorus has got fifteen loadout. Nish to five. So yeah, I think I think they are not seen as often, but I think I think they're still quite good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um Galactic Empire. Empire uh, no, Republic. Republic. Republic Galactic Republic
2: same thing it's just different you know different you know. <laughs> I
0: mean different I, wing shape
2: so I mean I think the one I will probably shout out here and in you may not think it's right is the uh, the Etta 2 Actis because I think I'm one of the few people that probably flies it um because everybody yeah, else it's... everybody else takes a Delta 7 or Delta Delta 7b
0: yeah, it's dropped off in popularity. Certainly, it was. It had a period of popularity. The Actis,
2: but yeah, so no, I, I think the the system phase reposition is massive. The things I can do with that ship that just catches my opponents out, like either yep. either I've had I've had people try and kill box Obi Wan, and he just says no thank you and just disappears into a place that you just didn't think he could get to, or you know, perhaps, you know, he sat behind a rock doing his trick shot, now he's barrel rolled out the way or something like that. Um so yeah, I, I'm having lot lots of fun with everyone and I just I mean I, I've I've tried Delta Sevens and Delta Seven B's and just don't do what what I want in the list basically, so
0: Yeah. I I mean I'm just gonna honourable mention for the Z ninety fives in the, yeah. the clone Z ninety fives. I've not bought the pack yet, I'll be entirely honest. And I keep <laughs> My finger keeps hovering over it, but it's expensive for the amount of time I know we'll actually put the things on the table. They've all got little neat abilities, and I think that there might actually be something quite disgusting with like six of these things or you know, five of them and a five pointer um, flying around, giving them some support. So, like,
2: I've, I've used them, and the only issue I have with them is that they are only for health.
0: Are they all five health, though? Because they all get a shield upgrade, right? Mm. All the ones that you're going to take.
2: Possibly. I mean, like, so the one I found that was really good is Killer. Initiative yep. two, while you perform an attack, if the defender's two or few fewer uh, few hole remaining, you may roll one uh, uh, additional attack dice uh, if you do gain a deplete. So Killer is great against other headhunters, the V-Wings, A-Wings, A-wings the... Yep. Um, you know, the uh, the Inquisitors, um, or just the fact that, um, it being Initiative 2, he's like your last ship to shoot, and just picks on something. So you can give him passive sensors and concussion missiles.
0: Yeah, or a shield upgrade and a crack shot, or whatever. Um, well, I think passive, yeah.
2: passive sensors is massive, because you can basically sit there, and you're, you're just the last thing to take, and you just take your target lock and just zap something. Like a four-dice yeah. concussion missile. Uh with, with a target lock. Uh, um, yeah,
0: there's the guy who can um uh, boost who at the start of the engagement phase can boost. Um, d-
2: so so do you mean boost? Yeah. That's it, that's his name. Yeah. Boost. <laughs> As, so and, like, yeah, you don't you don't have to think too hard about their names.
0: <laughs> no. Um except for the one who's called drift, who doesn't drift.
2: <laughs> and um, and stub isn't stubby.
0: Yeah. Slider drifts. Shift, slide. No, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, boost is good because he um, if as long as he's done a blue move or there's somebody else near him who's done a blue move, he can do a, boot, a free boost, um, which means that it's, he's really difficult to run away from um, because you think you've escaped from him and then he just boosts. And then because he's got... Um,
2: yeah. I mean, like, st- stub's decent. Like for three points, you can just uh, constantly... So stub's ability is based on the speed... <laughs> And yep. you can get one additional green dice or one additional red dice, so you can just roll around getting the additional green dice when you know you perhaps claiming objectives or whatever. But late game, you can then just start rolling that additional red dice.
0: Yep, one forward, red dice. Yep, that's all it takes. Um, cool. So that's Republic, and then Separatists, Liam. Talk to us about oh, it's tri fighters, isn't it?
1: Yep. Well,
3: th- there's two answers here. Nantex. It's Tri-Fighters and Nantex. <laughs> it is. So, uh, Nantex fall into this weird position where everyone says they're bad, but also hate playing against them. Which They're bad because me. they're not as good as they used to be, right? Yeah, which doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're not as good as they used to be. It's the Bobber Conundrum, isn't it? You actually just have to fly them a little bit better.
0: Uh <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Liam, it's it's the Bobba thing. He's gone up in points again. He's had his low-right nerfed again. They've changed his ability. They've nerfed some of his cards. Oh, turns out he's still good. It just takes everybody a few months to remember that he's still ridiculously good and start playing him again.
3: But I don't think I've seen anyone take a Nantex at all. I almost took one the weekend, but then I thought, no, because I need to practice for Worlds. So I didn't. You try but, hard. I oh, know. It didn't work, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but I will be picking the Nantecs up again very soon. And I can't wait to see people's faces when I start doing mad stuff to them again. <laughs>
0: I mean, your, um, your list had some nice things said about it on Gold Squadron when they did their, their wrap-up of the Sith Taker Open. Um, mostly they were like, but he doesn't have Grievous. How can he have got top four? Um, and uh, the um the answer Which is, is not, I think Will I Higwood said previously. Yeah, well well, well Will Hagwood said something about, you know, well, if you look at the list it's three fives and a six or two fives and two six or whatever it is. You know, yeah. ridiculously high initiative. It it overcomes the problem of, of Grievous being an I four by having an I five instead. Um so But I think
3: separatists as a whole, Grievous is absolutely fantastic value. There's no doubt in that. But sometimes by taking him in a list, you end up trying to force square pegs into round holes just to get everything in and then fit an extra body in. Sometimes Grievous, and as good as he is and as painful it is, not taking him in the Separatist list isn't the right option. He doesn't work for what you're trying to achieve at times. Uh And I'm going to get some flack for that, I think. I mean, and if I could fit him in my list, I would. But I can't. And for the betterment of my entire list, I can't put him in.
0: I mean, so the... Um, I, I think the thing with any list, and it's kind of off-topic, but the thing with any list is if you find something that works for you, it's better than taking something good that you don't enjoy playing and that doesn't work for you. So, um, you know, you have find that two tri-fighters better than the other versions of the, the Separatist 4 and 5 ship list um, that, you know, did well enough. Yeah. You know, you had um, Dom who went top four um, at the STO with his his version of it. Um, you know, there are people all over the place going Django plus Ravus plus some stuff, right? Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to be interested to see how well these things do in um, it, at Worlds, to be honest with you. I think the the shakeout of the, the multiple metas is going to be interesting um, because there's been a lot of kind of homogeny of metas kind of because of TTS. But I think Worlds is where a lot of people who aren't heavy into TTS will start to clash and it might get a little bit more interesting. So um, you just mentioned Gloucester briefly. Um, congratulations to Nick from Firecast. Nick Harris, Uh, yeah. Nick Harris uh, from Paracast, who went 4-0 and and won. He did, yeah. His list is filthy. Yeah, so it's a little bit like Funwalk's list from Sith Taker Open, but with some different upgrades. Um, So it's Falcon Poe plus two pods and Kaz and Lulu. And um, he put jamming on BB-8 rather than hand Solo for multiple of AAT, but I can jam you even if I'm stressed on BB-8, just to keep piling the pressure on people. Um, so, yeah. Well done to it Nick. Was, I met him in
3: round one, and it was a good game. Um, he definitely out-flew me. I wasn't prepared for what the Falcon could do, and he didn't put a foot wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh it was pretty close up until the last turn. He managed to kill, in a not unlikely scenario, uh, kill Django. He needed three hits with a target lock ray and a f- uh, target lock and ray, and I needed three paints, uh, which I massively avoided by getting three blanks. <laughs> uh, so but he needed three um, hits to kill you. He, he needed three ki- three hits. Two, well, he needs to do two damage. He right. got three hits. And he you needs... had
0: two greens and you needed one. I need. I had three greens. Ah, uh, you needed it two wasn't... to avoid the, the, the two damage and you got one bent or no bent.
3: Yeah, it, it's one of the, like, it was expected to happen, to be honest, as soon as he lined up and I was like, yeah, this is a dead Django. <laughs> um, there, wasn't, there was a couple of times where at first glance I thought, a bit of variance went against me, but as soon as I stopped at the end of the game, talked to him about it, I was like, this felt bad, but it was expected. And he's like, yeah, that happens a lot.
0: Yeah, so pull with a target lock or a focus plus Ray is something like 88% or something stupid to do three hits. And if he's got a lock focus and Ray, then he's it, Like the percentage is like 97 point something. Um, he only doesn't yeah. do it if he ends up with Two blanks is essentially the thing, um, so locks um, prevent that. Like you get the outliers where you roll, you know, all eyeballs or whatever. But yeah, and and you've taken a lock, and then you re-roll into stuff that's not hits. But yeah, your your average on on that falcon build is three hits. Um, it's a bit like yeah. root cast. You throw your dice, you say three hits, and then you figure out what you need to spend to make it happen. Um, so. Yeah, post pretty
3: right. good. He, he flew a brilliant day, to be honest. Going 4-0 and against his opponents as well. I looked at the leaderboard. And his strength of schedule was 2.06. Wow, okay. The second was 1.69. Yes,
0: um, I think I looked at it, and he had you round one. Yep. Then he had Pond round three, Andy Cameron round four. And who did he have round two? It was somebody else, rude. I think it was Ben Saunders. Yeah, it was Ben Saunders. Um, so that was two Sith Taker open cup makers and somebody who wins um four round events for fun. Um, and then Pond who knows how he plays inside out. So that's more of a game of poker than a game of X Wing, to be honest, that those two are playing. So um yeah. yeah, not not an easy day. So no, well I was fun.
3: surprised I came second because I lost my first round as well. Uh, I'd also like to... Two honourable mentions here. Uh, Steve Bolton, like he, he was very aware people were travelling together for this event. So he did everything in his power, which included complete redraws of the first round if necessary to ensure that nobody in the first round ended up playing each other, who, okay. who travelled together, which went to plan. Uh, but unfortunately yeah. for Adam, which is the second honourable mention... His first game was Andy Cameron, and then his second, third, and fourth game were uh, Matt Flockhart, myself, and then Ash Turner, and we all went up in the same car.
0: <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, there's a functionality in Longshanks that we actually discovered after the event, which is that you can put in um, you can put in a club allegiance. Um, and you can put in a different one per event. But if you submit a Club Allegiance, you can configure the draw in long shanks to not do uh, blue on blue uh, in the first round or in any round, actually. You can; It'll try and avoid them. Um, like if... Okay. You know, if you're the only two three and O's in the table and you're both Sith takers, then you know you will end up playing each other. It won't dodge, it won't dodge that pairing, but it tries its best. And I think they've done the same thing with Roll Better, and I think Roll Better have done some other kind of quality of life things. Um, it, it's a really nice feature to have yeah. when you're doing small
3: events that people are travelling to.
0: Well, well, we had feedback from uh, one of the players at the Sith Taker Open that was basically, you know, I drove in a car with my mate and we played together in round one and that was just a bit weird in such a big room it would be nice if you know we could avoid it i think there was four of them traveled and they all got paired into each other or something like it was weird it shouldn't have happened but you know that's how you know it's random right um but yeah (laughs) knowing that you can dodge it but it relies on players to um put in like a a club um so that it knows to dodge things. So I think for next year, we'll probably use that in round one um, so that players can, you know, put their allegiance uh, in. And if it's, you know, John's car and you all four of you just write John's car into your allegiance so so that the four people travelling in John's car don't end up playing against each other, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, got we've, we've learned a lot of stuff about a long shanks about how it works this year. So, I think we'll be even better next year. It'll be good. So anyway, yeah, well done to Steve for running the, the event down in Gloucester um, and to Nick again for for winning it. Um, and Liam for coming second. Yay. Yeah. Bridesmaid again. I at least you were chief bridesmaid funny. this time. Chief bridesmaid rather than just one of the, you know, kind of... I was the maid of honour. Yeah, you're not the fat, the, the fat one in the big pink dress sitting, hanging out the back. No. I shouldn't fat shame you anyway, in should in the Big pink dress. No, but all, we all do it anyway. All bodies are beautiful, except for mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think that's us done for tonight anyway. I said it was going to be a short one, and then it wasn't. So, standard. Um,
1: standard anybody got procedure. anything
3: else? The what? Standard poly procedure. <laughs>
0: Just start talking, I can't stop. Um, I nearly said a word that Tim would have to beep out there, but I didn't. It starts with Gob. And ends with hey, hey. Um, so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> even sure sounded like the recording. a recording.
0: <laughs> I'm to sure um, a talking Pringles can. <laughs> uh, all right, has anybody got anything else to fancy talking about? No,
3: um, sweet. No. All right, shout outs then from Liam. Uh, naturally, boarding brum but also Carl at uh, Atlas Games. It's a really nice store. I implore everyone to go and visit it. Mm-hmm.
1: There's also five guys. It's
0: nice. <laughs> uh, ben, anything from you?
1: Uh, just, just everyone who came to the Open and came and said hello and whatnot. And also Connor for being an excellent, excellent drinking partner.
0: Deary me. Your liver's going to take a while to recover.
1: <laughs> i keep saying i'm not gonna do it next year but
0: we know you will yeah. uh,
1: yep same boat there ben i know every year i say i'm gonna do it but and I do never it.
0: again till next friday
1: i actually honestly i have not been that rough for years and i was a moment <laughs> of like serious considering stopping drinking
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you won't tim have you any shout out mate?
2: Uh, yeah i'll um i'll shout out brady mccoy uh who uh beat me by a point in the uh the second round of the wild card to try and escape sector four so uh he
1: said it was easy as well
2: oh yeah uh but he he says some nice things about the podcast which was uh nice and um uh, it was a uh, nice chatting to uh, will hayward um who streamed the game as well um so yeah i'll be uh uh, it, it was good practice and uh, is it's one of those games where the last turn uh, all three results were available and uh, It ended up uh, went from What should have been perhaps a certain draw to? Uh, we managed to kill I, I killed his Lulo and he killed my Obi-Wan and then won the game by a point um, But we didn't expect either of them uh, those ships to die. So uh, just one of those games really but no it was, it was good fun and and you know i had good fun playing the sector series cool
0: um i want to shout out because i forgot to do it last week because i was too full of excitement following this Taker open um three players who came up to me on the friday uh, and saturday and basically said hey we're heard that you're not actually playing and you've sacrificed the ability to play so thank you very much and they handed me something um so Tom Candland gave me a really nice T70 with the Sith Takers logo, freehand painted on the wing, which is ridiculous. Um, So I'm going to be using that for my primary T70 for quite a while, I would think. Um, To Dan Athey, who gave me a bottle of whiskey, and to Christian Jesperson, who gave me a really cool first player token. So um, three stand-up guys who've done something that they really didn't need to do because I enjoy running the event anyway, but it was lovely. Um, And also to my house guests, Andreas, um, Travis and uh, Min, or a.k.a. FunWalk, um, the three of them were mostly well-behaved and primarily sanitary. So
1: That sounded like it really hurt you to say that.
0: <laughs> no, they were fine. Um, but basically, I, I enjoy um, hosting, so it was pancakes on Saturday morning and sausage sandwiches on Sunday morning and, you know, the kids. What? Yeah, you miss out if you don't sleep at my house
3: right that's been um, booked in for next year
1: <laughs> like, um, you, you don't fit in the in loft room. Liam you're too tall um and in a fit state to get up in the morning um <laughs> so they
0: the um yeah so that it was it was great having the guys um I have I have been told by the wife though that next year I can book a hotel and not, not be there so um I've said fine um but yeah, it was, it was lovely to to meet those people um, who I've been able to talk to for a long time online and to actually meet them in person and to, to go out for a curry with resist tank curry was nice. That was good um, as well. So anyway, that's enough of that. Um, I'm just going to say goodbyes then. So goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from Liam. doodles And goodbye from Ben. Bye. And goodbye from me. Bye.